Welcome once again to Devotional. We are lesson number two for Sunday, November 25th. Like I said yesterday, I am excited. This uh, lesson is uh, gearing up to be quite personable. Uh, it's it's uh, has heart. It's very uh, love focused. And of course, my Sunday is uh, speaking about under the cross of Jesus. That's uh, again continuing with the theme of yesterday about unity in Christ, at least the unity with one another. And yesterday I put the emphasis on the early church did not struggle in the sense of by their own efforts to experience this oneness. Their focus was a prayer. And because prayer to, to God through Christ was their focus, their drive, all of us going in that same direction, they all met there in prayer, uh, like a fulcrum going towards one common center. But they didn't just pray. They didn't just get together to pray, pray, pray. There's a book called Steps to Christ. There's a chapter there entitled Prayer. <laughs> um, and I remember reading that sentence that hit me like a ton of bricks. He who only, prayer, he who only prays will soon stop praying. Um, praying in and of itself is, is not a virtue. There's no, how could I say this? Um, yes, I am affected. Yes, I'm changed. But... In, in some sense, if I, if I continue praying, I'm going to end up suppressing convictions and desires God will bring into my heart through prayer, especially if we pray collectively. Um, the more we pray together, things will begin to happen between me and the person that I am praying with. The first thing that will begin to happen is that they will become friends. And we, we think of friends as such a light, weak word. You know, we end up having to put superlatives like my best friend or my best friend forever. Listen, Jesus doesn't use those extra additional terms. He just simply says, friends, I've called you friend. Because Jesus says that no, no greater love has anyone than this, that a person laid down his life for his friend. So if, if you talk to us about someone being your friend, you should, we should be more selective as to who we call friends. Are you willing to die for this person? If you're not, Jesus would say, well, you need to work on that if you want to end up calling that person your friend we're wanting that person to call you a friend. I call you friend because I'm demonstrating to you, I have laid down my life for you. I, I did lay it down. And that's the evidence that I love you as a friend. That happens with prayer. You and I cannot, we're not wired for that kind of love. Prayer changes us. And I know that from experience. Um, I've shared with some of you, at least in the Oakwood Church, they're definitely aware of this, how a a gentleman that was a brother that was a head elder at Oakwood some time ago, uh, John Lettle. Him and I just, uh, I felt the conviction that I needed to pray with someone, that I needed to pray with the leader. And uh, I approached him and he was willing to do it. And if you ask John, you know, was it cool? Was it like, you know, fireworks from the beginning? No, it was awkward. He didn't know what I was up to. I, I just simply wanted us to pray. I just felt convicted that we needed to pray and I had no agenda. That's all I knew. We need to pray. From there on out, I don't know. And so we began to pray and all I said to him is, can we pray on a daily basis? Can you commit to praying with me on a daily basis? And he said, yeah. And at first, of course, we prayed about everybody else for about two to three minutes. It was all outward focus. But after two or three months of praying together, 
we began to sense that naturally we had gotten acquainted with, with each other. He began to realize that he was not praying with the pastor. He, sh he said this openly. He, was, he, was, he felt intimidated praying with me because of this idea, right? Pastors are, you know, they got their PhDs in prayer and we don't. I'm being very transparent with you. I just felt a conviction. I needed to pray with someone. But how to go about it? I didn't know. This was brand new territory for me. I was just repenting that for, for many years, I had been a pastor that didn't pray as I should have for my church. And one of the convictions was that I shouldn't just be praying alone. I should be praying with someone else. And that was yesterday's emphasis, which I'm going to reemphasize today again. If you, if you listen to yesterday's podcast and you did not make a decision, you said, oh, that's nice. But you didn't, it didn't lead you to act. Why are you listening to these? <laughs> these are not just for you to fill your time while you're going to work or whenever. I'm appealing to you. Make changes. Let these ideas be evidence that in God's providence, you are listening to these things at this time for a reason. Because when I got convicted with this, I could have said, well, you know what? Those are nice thoughts that I read and nice impressions that I have. I'll think about it. No, I acted because of that sentence in that book, Steps to Christ. He who only prays pretty soon will stop praying. He who only spends time alone praying will soon cease to pray. And so I needed to find someone to pray with. And John Lettle was the person that God led me to. And I tell you that within a year, our prayer life uh, together changed unexpectedly. Neither he, neither he nor I expected to be where we were a year after that. Not only were we praying as friends at, with the full force of the word, the meaning behind the word that Jesus gave it, but we were praying sometimes up to an hour without realizing it. I didn't have time to pray like that when we first started. It was two to three minutes, five minutes, and all right, bye, see you tomorrow, bye. It was awkward. But then after a couple of weeks, it got more natural. And after a couple of months, it just became something that we actually, I actually began to look forward to. And then eventually we talked and we said, you know what? This is one of the highlights of my day. I look forward to it. And not every day, we know, was fireworks. There were times that we prayed and we really didn't know. We couldn't see God's hand moving, but we just kept pressing forward. And all of a sudden, we would see things happening in the church that we knew it wasn't me, it wasn't him, it was God. God honoring that promise that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there not simply saying, oh, this is nice, you guys are praying, but rather you guys want me to do things and you guys are starting to yield to the convictions and desires of my spirit as you open your hearts more and more. You know, that same book says that prayer is the breath of the soul. And there's something to, to be said about some of these parallels in, you know, with physiology. Uh, I remember learning about you know, the, the exchanges of, of gases that take place in the alveoli in, in the lungs. And there's something to be said about lung capacity. You and I, because of our sedentary lifestyle, use hardly the, the, the potential of all that our lungs can handle. Therefore, when we go up a flight of stairs, we get winded. I remember in El Salvador going up a hill and um, I was going behind uh, friend Steve Haddix. And Steve Haddix, he's been running marathons. You know, he's been pushed. His friend Kerry has been uh, lovingly <laughs> encouraging him to, to run marathons and he's taking up that challenge. And he's a pretty fit guy. And because of exercise, his lung capacity increased. 
myself because of lack of exercise. I could breathe, but my lung capacity was not the same and I would get tired, my stamina, my endurance was not the same. And if prayer is the breath of the soul, prayer, exercising in prayer, exercising in prayer with one another is like exercising with one another. It's like you go for a jog and because you're jogging with someone else, you encourage to push yourself a little more, to push yourself a little more each time. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that you push each other to pray longer, but maybe pray deeper. Pray more honestly. Pray more transparently because I have to tell you that after a good six, seven months of praying with my brother John, the, our prayers, we still prayed for our church. We still prayed for the needs of our church, but now I knew how to better pray for him. And he definitely knew how to better pray for me because I opened my heart to him. I opened myself to my struggles, insecurities, uncertainties, questions, frustrations, etc. Because we had become safe. Prayer made us real with each other, real friends, real partners in ministry. And we're not the same temperaments. We're not, you know, these hand and glove type of a fit. Prayer allowed us to work together in spite of our differences, in spite of our temperament differences or focuses or whatever. Prayer united us because we were praying to God our Father through Jesus Christ. So I want to again appeal to you. Um, I'm telling you this story to encourage you. You need to find someone in the church you're in to pray with. And you need to commit to doing this. We read yesterday that the church in Acts chapter 1 verse 14 had devoted themselves to praying with one another together. Um, and this was not happening just once in a while. They were continually devoting themselves to prayer. I just glanced at that verse. These all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. And this was what gave them the impetus and the oneness and the unity to work together. You know, you, you can, as a church, pick a project, but imagine this, a church that is not united picking a project, whatever it may be, Sabbath school, potlucks, greetings, you name it. But if a church is not united, will the multiplicity of projects create unity? What comes first? Jesus, in Acts 1, gives us the model. Wait. Wait for the power before you attempt to do the mission. Wait together, praying, devoting yourself continually to praying. Wait in that format until you are empowered to do the mission. You know, we may think that we are capable enough of being good greeters, good deacons, good whatever we are called to do in church. And if you feel that way, I'm going to challenge you. If you're not praying, what are you doing? If you're not doing this in the power of the Spirit, what are you doing? Is what you're doing all that it could be, all that God wants it to be? God wants to use you. He has called you. And now through these lessons and through these little audio thingies that I'm doing right now, He's appealing to you. Have you devoted yourself to be continually in prayer with someone else? Because that is the genesis of unity in the church. When we unite, of course, personal devotions, that's of course, it's a default. 
but we have made it optional to pray with one another as if that is just something that when I have time and that is something that I've been convicted is wrong about how we do church as leaders and as members even if you don't have a ministry even if you're not part of the prayer team should you not be praying especially praying with someone else you know we have this um, tension in our hearts we feel that yes we can all agree everything that we do ought to have that focus of uh, preaching, you know, disseminating the good news, the gospel, or as we in Seventh-day Adventists call it, the three angels message, which is the same thing, is the eternal gospel, the everlasting gospel. In everything that we do, in our Sabbath schools, through our potlucks, through our socials, all of it should have that. And all of us need to have that same vision so that we can have unified action. But from action, if you rewind that, you have waiting. Waiting devoted daily. Uh, continually with prayer I pray before these little podcasts and this is the things that God has placed in my heart again to appeal with you will you commit to finding someone in church to pray with you need this they need this we need this as a church we can never expect to be united of our own accord of our own choice or of our own power it is the very same power that allows us to fulfill the mission. It's the very same power we need to be of one accord, of one mind with one another. Will you pray with someone else seeking for this unity?